Day 55 of Heart Dive 365. I'm your Bible study friend, Kanoi. Welcome to the Heart Dive Podcast. Well, today we are continuing in the book of Numbers, learning about the responsibilities of the Levites, and we are reading from the ESV by Crossway translation. But before we get into that, a couple of announcements. We do have the March bundle for the heart checks now available on our website. That's at heartdive.org or you can get the direct link in the description box below. In order to find all the links that I'm ever talking about, you do have to click that little button that says more underneath the video, and that will expand the description box that has all of the information that you need for this Bible study and will answer most of your questions. Also, if you could please help us out by hitting that like button if you are ready to dig into the word, you're excited to see what in the world we could possibly find in the book of Numbers that is going to enlighten our spirits. Well, I'm here to tell you there's lots of good stuff today. So let's go ahead and pray and jump into it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All of that said, Lord, we are just declaring your holiness. We are declaring your majesty, the fact that you are almighty God, the great I am. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, our provider, our banner under which we camp. Thank you, Lord, for being such a good father who loves us, little old us here on this earth, that you have chosen to beautifully write into the tapestry of your will. So just as we declared, Lord, as you've written it in heaven, let it be done so here on this earth. Give us this day our daily bread, Lord, in the book of Numbers as we open it up today faithfully to be able to hear your voice. I pray that our eyes, ears, and hearts will be open, ready to hear, to see, and to receive the word that you have for us. Let there be individual revelations today, Holy Spirit, as you minister to your people, not the words that I'm speaking, but the ones that you are, Lord, in their spirits. Forgive us of our sins. I pray, God, that you will clear out anything that is holding us from being able to freely worship you today, and I pray that you will help us to make things right where we need to. Also help us to forgive others who have hurt us, Lord, to set them free, but also to break off the chains of that captivity. Please do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and power and glory forever. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, starting off here with the duties of the priests, the sons of Aaron in chapter three. These are the generations of Aaron and Moses at the time when the Lord spoke with Moses on Mount Sinai. Now this word generations here, the Hebrew word is toledoth. What is the purpose of all the genealogy in the Bible? Well, family records would do several things. They would provide the connection to their past. It would preserve familial organization within their larger society. It would justify any positions or ranks, for example, any of the priests had to come from the Levitical tribe, or it gave future generations a source of pride from where they came from. And I always find it so interesting that God would speak directly to Moses whenever he was alone. He was speaking to him at a burning bush in the tabernacle here on the mount, which tells me that he knew he needed to get away from the hustle and bustle and all of the noise that was in the camp in order to be able to hear from the Lord. Imagine if he didn't do this, if he just stayed in the camp and was like, speak to me, Lord, among all of the craziness of the millions of people. He may never have received any of these instructions. And there may be times where we don't hear from the Lord simply because it's just a quiet season. But other times, it might be because we are not finding a place away from the noise and the distractions to hear him. Because remember, his voice is still and it is small. It is a whisper. And while he will speak, 
through people like pastors. He'll speak through the conferences, through podcasts, through books that we read. The most powerful word that you will ever hear is the one spoken directly to you. You see, the people benefited from the word that the Lord spoke through Moses, but Moses heard directly from God whenever he quieted himself before him. So heart check. Are you going to the mount to hear from the Lord, or are you only seeking His voice through other sources? Now, this is not to discourage you from listening to pastors and podcasts and reading books and all that, but it is intended to get you to think about whether or not you spend that intimate time speaking with the Lord. So anytime Moses was getting ready to set out or do anything big, he knew he needed to pray first. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, Nadab, the firstborn, and Abihu. Of course, those two died when they offered the unauthorized fire. Eliezer, who was next in line, who of course will take the place of Aaron as high priest because now he is the oldest. And Ithamar. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, the anointed priest, whom he ordained. Remember that word ordained means to fill the hands to serve as priests. But Nadab and Abihu died before the Lord when they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai, and they had no children. So Eliezer and Ithamar served as priests in the lifetime of Aaron, their father. So keeping in mind that all priests must be Levites, but not all Levites are are priests. The priests have to come from the line of Aaron, which are the Kohathites. Verse 5, And the Lord spoke to Moses, Bring the tribe of Levi near, and set them before Aaron the priest. Now, these words, bring near, is actually a sacrificial term. So when God calls for someone to bring something near to him, he is saying, you are bringing that to dedicate to me into the service. So this means that they are no longer going to be able to go out into the workplace and do any kind of work on their own. They are dedicated to the service of the Lord. So all of the Levites will be subordinate to the priests in the tabernacle. So set them before Aaron, the priest, that they may minister to him. So these are the duties of the Levites in general, ministering to Aaron, the priest. They shall keep guard over him and over the whole congregation before the tent of meeting as they minister at the tabernacle. So they serve the priests, they serve the congregation, congregation, they serve the tabernacle, and they are also, we will find out, teachers of the word, also musicians and worship leaders. And you shall give the Levites to Aaron and his sons. They are wholly given to him from among the people of Israel. And you shall appoint Aaron and his sons, and they shall guard their priesthood. But if any outsider comes near, he shall be put to death. So the Levites are kind of like the lightning rods. You know how lightning rods work? They're at the top of the buildings and they're the first thing to catch all of that electricity so that the building itself doesn't actually get struck. That is what the Levites are. They are to protect the tabernacle from that powerful presence of God that has been known to be deadly. And what's interesting here is that in today's culture, nepotism or the working among family members is actually discouraged, but obviously in God's economy, highly encouraged here. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, behold, I have taken the Levites from among the people of Israel instead of every firstborn who opens the womb among the people of Israel. So what is he doing here? Remember, the firstborn belonged to God. They were the ones who were intended to become the priests of the nations. God is now replacing them with the Levites. The Levites shall be mine, for all the firstborn are mine. On the day that I struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I consecrated for my own all the firstborn in Israel, both of man and of beast. They shall be mine. I am the Lord. And anytime God says, I am the Lord, that is him saying, I decree this to be so. 
And the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, saying, List the sons of Levi by fathers' houses and by clans, every male from a month old and upward you shall list. Well, isn't this interesting? Because before when they would take a census, it was every man 20 years old or older. Well, that was because, remember, those men were being listed into the military. This census, with the Levites being excluded from the armies and exempt from war, they are going to enter into work as soon as they could basically comprehend instruction. So that is why they are counting those that are a month old. Why a month and not from infancy, not from the moment they're born? Well, it's because there was a high mortality rate before one month old, and they would not even allow for any mourning rites until a baby turned a month old, because it is said that they didn't even consider a baby as a baby until they hit that one month mark. But also they are doing this so that there are enough Levites to be able to account for all of the firstborns of the entire nation of Israel. So with all of those reasons why God may have called for the numbering of the Levites from infancy, one thing we know for sure is that this shows us that God's investment in the future generation is something that he cares so much about. And there should be an emphasis on teaching those who are younger than us, both spiritually and by age, because we can be younger than someone, but a bit more mature in our faith and in our walk. And therefore, we do have a responsibility to teach them as well. So heart check, how much are you investing in those who are younger than you? Verse 16, so Moses listed them according to the word of the Lord, as he was commanded. And these were the sons of Levi by their names, Gershon and Kohath and Merari. And these are the names of the sons of Gershon by their clans, Libni and Shibei. And the sons of Kohath by their clans, Amram, Izhar, Hebron, and Uziel. And the sons of Merari by their clans, Malai and Mushai. These are their clans of the Levites by their father's houses. To Gershon belonged the clan of the Libnites and the clan of the Shimeites. These were the clans of the Gershonites. Their listing according to the number of all the males from a month old and upward was 7,500. The clans of the Gershonites were to camp behind the tabernacle on the west, with Eliasaph, the son of Lael, as chief of the father's house of the Gershonites. And the guard duty of the sons of Gershon in the tent of meeting involved the tabernacle, the tent with its covering, the screen for the entrance of the tent of the meeting, the hanging of the court the screen of the door of the court that is around the tabernacle and the altar and its cords, all the service connected with these. To Kohath belong the clan of the Amramites and the clan of the Izarites and the clan of the Hebronites and the clan of the Uzielites. These are the clans of the Kohathites. According to the number of all the males from a month old and upward, there were about 8,600 keeping guard over the sanctuary. The clans of the sons of Kohath were to camp on the south side of the tabernacle with Elizaphan, the son of Uziel, as chief of the father's house of the clans of the Kohathites. And their guard duty involved the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altars, the vessels of the sanctuary with which the priests minister, and the screen. All the service connected with these. And Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, was to be chief over the chiefs of the Levites and to have oversight of those who kept guard over the sanctuary. So clearly we see God has so much order going on. And he's all about having this system of authority. And so the Kohathites kind of had this most honorable position here next to Moses and the priests, and they're in charge of the most holy items. Verse 33, to Merari belong the clan of the Maulites and the clan of the Mushites. These are the clans of Merari. Their listing according to the number of all the males from a month old and upward was 6,200. And the chief of the father's house of the clans of Merari was Zuriel, the son of Abihel. 
They were to camp on the north side of the tabernacle, and the appointed guard duty of the sons of Merari involved the frames of the tabernacle, the bars, the pillars, and the bases, and all their accessories. All the service connected with these, all the pillars around the court, with their bases and pegs and cords. And those who were to camp before the tabernacle on the east, before the tent of meeting toward the sunrise, this is obviously the most honorable position by the entrance to the tabernacle, were Moses and Aaron and his sons guarding the sanctuary itself to protect the people of Israel. And any outsider who came near was to be put to death. All those listed among the Levites whom Moses and Aaron listed at the commandment of the Lord by clans, all the males from a month old and upward were 22,000. Now, if you add up the numbers, if you're one of those people who's going to double check the word of God, and that's okay, 7,500 plus 8,600 plus 6,200 comes out to 22,300. So you're probably saying, wait a minute, what is going on here? Well, here are the possibilities. The number 8,600, there is only one letter difference between 8,600 and 8,300 in the Hebrew alphabet. So this could have been a scribal error whenever the word was scribed out. Or another way to look at it is that the 300 additional are the firstborn of the Levites who could not be redeemed. I don't know what the exact answer or reasoning of this is, but we do know there's a discrepancy. And so we're trying to figure out why, Lord, why is there this discrepancy here? And the Lord said to Moses, list all the firstborn males of the people of Israel from a month old and upward, taking the number of their names, and you shall take the Levites for me. I am the Lord. Instead of all the firstborn among the people of Israel and the cattle of all the Levites, instead of all the firstborn among the cattle of the people of Israel. So Moses listed all the firstborn among the people of Israel as the Lord commanded him. And all the firstborn males, according to the number of names from a month old and upward, were listed at 22,273. How amazing is that, that the numbers would be so close? And of course, this looks to Jesus being the one who redeemed our lives as the firstborn. Now, when we look at the numbers, 22,273, and if we know that the total was 603,550, then that tells us that there was only one firstborn out of 27 children. So that would mean that everybody's family would have 26 brothers and sisters. That doesn't seem to make sense. So how we make sense of this is perhaps the firstborns that they are counting here, the 22,273, are only the firstborns that were born after the exodus out of Egypt. Because this would seem like a very small amount of firstborns among the entire population. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take the Levites instead of all the firstborn among the people of Israel and the cattle of the Levites instead of their cattle. So all of Israel belonged to God, just as everything in our lives belongs to God. But the Levites were given fully to God in order to serve him in place of the firstborn. And you can kind of compare this to something like the tithe, like everything we have belongs to God, but we give that 10%, the first fruits of our income to the Lord saying, this is yours, God, this belongs to you. Now, I know there are some people who do not believe in the tithe and I'm not gonna argue with you about that, but I'm just comparing it to how this makes sense to us spiritually. So he says, the Levite shall be mine, I am the Lord. And as the redemption price for the 273 of the firstborn of 
the people of Israel over and above the number of the male Levites, you shall take five shekels per head. So five shekels would have been the standard price for a slave. This would have equaled about six months of a salary of a person. So it's quite a bit of money there. You shall take them according to the shekel of the sanctuary, the shekel of 20 giras, and give the money to Aaron and his sons as the redemption price for those who are over. So Moses took the redemption money from those who were over and above those redeemed by the Levites. From the firstborn of the people of Israel, he took the money. 1,365 shekels by the shekel of the sanctuary. And Moses gave the redemption money to Aaron and his sons, according to the word of the Lord, as the Lord commanded Moses. So here we see God providing for the priests once again, because obviously they don't work. They don't have a way to make money. And this was God's way of providing for them. So if all of that went over your head, let's recap it really quickly here. The Levites were dedicated to God. We know that the firstborn of all of Israel belonged to God. And this goes all the way back to the Passover and the way that he passed over the firstborns of Israel whenever they had the blood on their door. So instead of now the firstborns belonging to God, God is taking the Levites in their place. There were 22,000 Levite firstborns to take the place of the 22,273 firstborns of Egypt, but because there weren't enough Levites, the 273 had to be redeemed by the people, and they would do so by giving the five shekels in the place of their firstborn. Chapter 4. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Take a census of the sons of Kohath from among the sons of Levi by their clans and their father's houses from 30 years old up to 50 years old. Okay, why now this age? This would be the age of the service of the Levites. We will find out that they actually go into service at the age of 25. So perhaps there was like a five-year apprenticeship or a training before they fully entered into the service. And this would be known as the prime of a man's life. This was when he reaches full maturity and has full energy to be able to work and carry all of the things of the tabernacle. And what's interesting about the number 30, 30 years old, this was when Jesus entered the ministry and also when John the Baptist entered the ministry. David will later change this number to the age of 20, so he's going to push it back to allow for a longer period of service. But after 50 years old, they will then be released from having to do these physical duties, but they'll still have to serve in the tabernacle. And perhaps these would be the ones, those who age out of the service who would be now the leaders who are training up the ones who are between the ages of 25 and 30. Now we're just spectating on that, but it makes sense as to how this would work that way. So we continue here, all who can come on duty to do the work in the tent of meeting. This is the service of the sons of Kohath in the tent of meeting, the most holy things. When the camp is to set out, Aaron and his son shall go in, take down the veil of the screen because they're the only ones who could go near into the most holy place and cover the Ark of the Testimony with it. Then they shall put on it a covering of goat skin and spread on top of that a cloth of blue and shall put in its poles. And over the table of the bread of the presence, they shall spread a cloth of blue and put on it the plates, the dishes for incense, the bowls and the flagons for the drink offering. The regular showbread also shall be on it. Then they shall spread over them a cloth of scarlet and cover the same with a covering of goat skin and shall put in its poles. And they shall take a cloth of blue and cover the lampstand for the light with its lamps, its tongs, its trays, and all the vessels for oil with which it is supplied. And they shall put it with all its utensils in a covering of goat skin 
and put it on the carrying frame. And over the golden altar they shall spread a cloth of blue and cover it with a covering of goat skin and shall put in its poles. And they shall take all the vessels of the service that are used in the sanctuary and put them in a cloth of blue and cover them with a covering of goat skin and put them on the carrying frame. And they shall take away the ashes from the altar and spread a purple cloth over it. And they shall put on it all the utensils of the altar which are used for the service there, the fire pans, the forks, the shovels, and the basins, all the utensils of the altar, and they shall spread on it a covering of goat skin and shall put in its poles. And when Aaron and his sons have finished covering the sanctuary and all the furnishings of the sanctuary as the camp sets out, after that the sons of Kohath shall come to carry these, but they must not touch the holy things lest they die. So the priests are the only ones who could ever touch any of the holy things within the tabernacle. So they have to go in and cover it all up first, put in the carrying poles, and then the Kohathites would be able to only carry these things by the poles. So this was a very privileged position, but it also carried a grave warning with it. These are the things of the tent of meeting that the sons of Kohath are to carry. And Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, shall have charge of the oil for the light, the fragrant incense, the regular grain offering, and the anointing oil with the oversight of the whole tabernacle and all that is in it of the sanctuary and its vessels. So Eleazar is going to serve kind of as the boss man. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, Let not the tribe of the clans of the Kohathites be destroyed from among the Levites, but deal thus with them that they may live and not die when they come near to the most holy things. Aaron and his son shall go in and appoint them each to his task and to his burden. But they shall not go in to look on the holy things even for a moment, lest they die. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take a census of the sons of Gershon also by their father's houses and by their clans. From 30 years old up to 50 years old, you shall list them, all who can come to do duty, to do service in the tent of meeting. This is the service of the clans of the Gershonites in serving and bearing burdens. They shall carry the curtains of the tabernacle and the tent of meeting with its covering and the covering of goat skin that is on top of it and the screen for the entrance of the tent of meeting and the hangings of the court and the screen for the entrance of the gate and their cords and all the equipment for their service. And they shall do all that needs to be done with regard to them. All the service of the sons of the Gershonites shall be at the command of Aaron and his sons in all that they are to carry and in all that they have to do. And you shall assign to their charge all that they are to carry. This is the service of the clans of the sons of the Gershonites in the tent of meeting, and their guard duty is to be under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron the priest. So they would be carrying all of these coverings, everything that was over the tabernacle, the curtains, the ropes, all of that. As for the sons of Merari, you shall list them by their clans and their father's houses. From 30 years old up to 50 years old, you shall list them. Everyone who can come on duty to do the service of the tent of meeting. And this is what they are charged to carry as the whole of their service in the tent of meeting, the frames of the tabernacle with its bars, pillars, and bases, and the pillars around the court with their bases, pegs, and cords with all their equipment and all their accessories. And you shall list by name the objects that they are required to carry. Now, it is said that the bases, the bars, the all the things that they are to carry weighed up to 10 tons in total. That's like 10 whales. Doesn't a whale weigh like a ton? That's a lot of loads. All right. So far, every single one of the Levites had a very specific job to carry out, and they were to do so according to every detail that God laid out. And if they didn't, it could possibly mean death for them. And here we have the Mararites, who 
probably had the most unglamorous job of them all. They were to carry the heavy loads. But look at what God did. He took what most would see as humdrum work, and He put a name to every load so that they would be able to see the significance in it. You see, there's nothing that is too small in the economy of God whenever it is being done for His glory, and especially if it is being carried out by plan. And one of the greater lessons here is that we do not covet other people's work or callings simply because our work isn't as glamorous as theirs. Because if you think about it, it is the unseen or the unglamorous work that often sets the foundation and I believe will be rewarded the greatest in heaven. So heart check, do you see the mundane work in your life as glory unto him or is it simply too unglamorous to be given any worth? Verse 33, this is the service of the clans of the sons of Merari, the whole of their service in the tent of meeting under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. And Moses and Aaron and the chiefs of the congregation listed the sons of the Kohathites by their clans and by their father's houses, from 30 years old up to 50 years old, everyone who could come on duty for service in the tent of meeting. And those listed by clans were 2,750. This was the list of the clans of the Kohathites, all who served in the tent of meeting, whom Moses and Aaron listed according to the commandment of the Lord by Moses." Now those listed of the sons of Gershon by their clans and their father's houses, from 30 years old up to 50 years old, everyone who could come on duty for service in the tent of meeting, those listed by their clans and their father's houses were 2,630. This was the list of the clans of the sons of Gershon, all who served in the tent of meeting, whom Moses and Aaron listed according to the commandment of the Lord." Those listed of the clans of the sons of Merari by their clans and their fathers' houses, from 30 years old up to 50 years old, everyone who could come on duty for service in the tent of meeting, those listed by clans were 3,200. This was the list of the clans of the sons of Merari, whom Moses and Aaron listed according to the commandments of the Lord by Moses. So obviously the clan of Merari, they're the larger of the clan with 3,200 compared to 2630 and 2750, and we needed more men to carry the foundation and the bars and the pillars and everything else. So that would also make sense. All those who were listed of the Levites, who Moses and Aaron and the chiefs of Israel listed by their clans and their fathers' houses from 30 years old up to 50 years old, everyone who could come to do the service of the ministry and the service of bearing burdens in the tent of meeting, those listed were 8,580. According to the commandment of the Lord through Moses, they were listed, each one with his task of serving or carrying, thus they were listed by him as the Lord commanded Moses. So every single Levite had a place. Now let's take a look at some of our deep dive questions. Were the Levites worthy of their sacred position? What does the choosing of their tribe say about the character of God? Why do you think God chose to substitute the firstborns? How can you relate to the consecration of the Levites? What is the significance of the ages 30 to 50, and does it still hold value in the ministry today? And what are the implications of specific roles given to specific people? So Heavenly Father, you have written the details of our lives just as meticulously as you did with these duties and responsibilities. So thank you for the reminder of divine order and the deliberate care that you have in everything you do. Every detail matters, and it all serves a greater purpose. 
So I pray that we will pay more attention to the little cues in our lives, that your presence is with us. I pray that we can see you in the mundane, never considering anything too out of our league to carry out for your glory. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to take a small part in your grand plan. I pray that we will be able to hear the specific instructions that you give to each one of us and that we will be quick to obey, recognizing the sacredness of the call. We know that servitude isn't always the most glamorous work in the eyes of the world, but how glorious it is in your economy. Help us to have a servant's heart that desires to fill our unique roles. I pray that we will be like the Levites who have a zeal for you, willing to stand by your side, no matter the cost. I pray that we take care of our tabernacle, the body of Christ, with the utmost care. I pray that we treat every holy thing with respect and reverence it deserves. And may our worship not only be genuine, but sacred and never a performance. Thank you, Jesus, for taking our place as the firstborn, redeeming our lives from a well-deserved death. I pray we never take for granted what you did and always recognize the gravity that surrounded not just that very day, but every single moment that you consciously walked toward the cross. You knew what was about to happen, yet you continued moving toward it out of love for us. I pray that no matter what age we are, that we understand our place and season that you have us in. May we never forsake your calling on our lives in desiring someone else's. Every single moment that we walk on this earth has a divine assignment. So we give you permission to guide us in that as we humbly follow after you. So we love you so much. We thank you for that guidance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Heaven and salvation is a divine gift that is given to us by grace. None of us deserve it. In fact, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death and every single one of us have fallen short and then we desperately need someone to pay that price. And Jesus did it. He didn't do it because we are righteous on our own merit. He did it because he loves us and he wants to spend eternity with us. But it won't happen if we don't receive him before we leave this earth as Lord and Savior. Hell is a very real thing and there is no second chance after we take our last breath here. So I wanna be able to give someone the opportunity today who is saying, I'm ready. I've never given my life to Christ. I don't know where I'm gonna end up after I die, but I don't wanna live another day without knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt where I am going to end up. I see now that this is real and I want to believe. So if that is you, we're gonna say a prayer. And I'm going to put the words on the screen so that you can say them audibly with your mouth because the Bible says that when you believe and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that he died and rose again, then you will be saved. So we're going to say this prayer together. Believe it in your heart, speak it with your mouth, and know that this is indeed the day of your salvation. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I believe that you came, you died, and you rose again. I confess my sins to you today, and I turn from them, and I now live my life for you. I know that I am forgiven of all my sins, so I receive you now as Lord and Savior, and I belong to you, Jesus. I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.